Harvest family. We're continuing in our study of James, and I don't know about you, but this book, James, has been just kicking me hard. Um, I've, I mean, I, I study this each week, and I feel I almost feel like I've been a little beat up because it is just so convicting, and this week is no different because this is an area that I think that I personally struggle with a lot. Um, I have the ability to both encourage people in powerful ways, um, but also the ability to tear down and cut with my words. And that's what this passage is all about. And you know, we've been following this theme. We've, we've been seeing James talk about how, look guys, what good is it to just hear the word if you're not going to do it? And last week we looked at the question of, hey, what, what value is your faith if you're not actually obeying? And this whole section, this first part of chapter 3, is all about the power of the tongue. And I think if there's anything that I would love for you guys to carry away from this is that you, sh you would know that what you say is extremely powerful. It is a powerful weapon that can either be used for good or it can be used for bad. We've got to recognize that. And then secondly, we need to be serious and intentional about putting the words that we say under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He has to be the one that dictates and is in charge of what I say. I want my words because they're so powerful in my interactions with people, in my family, in my friends, in my church, and so on, are so powerful that I want those words to be lined up with what God wants. And I, I just think it's also an incredible thing to think about that you know, we have a God who is a communicator. He speaks to us. He communicates with us through words. And uh, with his mouth and with his words, he created things and brought things into existence. His words are powerful and he has made us in his image. We reflect who he is. And one of the things we reflect is, is with our ability to communicate. You know, other species and animals that God has created do communicate with one another, but it's so simplistic. Our communication is like God's in so many ways. And while our words don't carry such as much power as God's does, our words still are incredibly powerful, both to build and create life in people or to tear down and to kill and to destroy and to, and to, and to bring death into people's lives. So let's just jump right in and see this passage, all the, the power that he packs into it. He says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brother, for you know that we who teach will be judged with, with greater strictness. And that is a message for every pastor and teacher. But the reality is that all of us are teaching people. And we've got to realize that the words that we say impact people's lives. They set people on a trajectory as they're influenced by what we say. Parents, you're teaching your children with your life. You know, we teach other people in all kinds of ways. We've got to realize that those words carry power and you're going to be judged more strictly because it impacts other people's lives. For we all stumble in many ways. Yes, so true. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. So he's just saying like, okay, how big of a problem is this for people? It is so big that if you could fix it, then you would probably look like you're perfect. 
able also to bridle his whole body. He's giving that bridle horse imagery. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so they obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Look at the ships also, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds or strong engines and motors that drive our ships today. They are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So this small little thing, this little muscle that's in our, in our mouth, um, the rudder that's on a ship, the bridle that goes on a horse, that small little thing is able to impact powerfully. And it reminds me of, you know, Archimedes, you know, he, he was an uh, early Greek mathematician and he talked about the simple machine of a lever. And he said, theoretically, if you gave me a big enough le lever with the right positioning, I could move the entire earth. Uh, and that is the power of the tongue. He says, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. One little cigarette tossed out the window out west can create fires that ravage miles and miles and miles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The, the tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind but no human being can tame the tongue again just all these allusions to its power it is a restless evil full of deadly poison and, and this just makes me think of the the childhood you know little rhyme that you would say to people you know like sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me and that is absolutely not true uh, according to this passage, and I know that you all have experienced words that you, you still remember, like somebody said something to you when you were younger, and you still remember those words distinctly. You would rather have a broken bone, you'd rather scrape your elbow than hearing those words. They, they impact us deeply. He says, with it, the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Out of our lips come praise of God, and out of our lips come curses to people. And I just love how he says, who are made in the likeness of God. This isn't just another person. This is someone that's made in the beauty and, and wonder of God's image. That is why people ultimately are so valuable. And yet we tear them down constantly. This is a problem. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a, does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. And just another analogy there talking about how it's like, guys, is your tongue being used by God to give life? Or is it like salt water that kills? Um, and, and, and I love what he says at the end of verse 10. These things ought not to be so. Do you agree with that? Um, that that is not what I want. I want my words, the words that I use, that come out of my mouth, that come out of my keyboard, 
uh, you know, in the megaphone of social media and via email to other people, my interactions at home with my spouse, with my kids, all those things. I want them to be under God's command and the power that's in them to be used for his kingdom and his glory. I just want to leave you with, with, with several other passages that give us some guidance on what God expects of us in our language. And these would be some great verses to look at and study a little more deeply. And by the way, just, just as, a, as a resource, there's a website called openbible.info. And uh, it's a community-based, basically uh, crowdsourced Bible in a way. So you can look up any topic and it'll give you verses that have been crowdsourced and you can vote on what's most or least relevant of all the, li the list of verses. And so let me just read a couple of them here. It's super helpful um, for us to understand what does God want us to do? Ephesians 4.29 is the very first on this list. And I think probably one of the most helpful of all the passages in scriptures about what we say. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Powerful, powerful guidance on what our words, like what we say, like what should guide those kinds of things. Building up giving grace to those who hear in the right occasion. I mean, those are all some really important details to how we speak and communicate. Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Matthew 15, 11, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. That matches what we're seeing in James. Proverbs 15, 1 and 2. Proverbs has tons to say about what we say. Uh, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. Psalm 141, 3. Set a guard, O Lord, over my, my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Now there is a great prayer request. Lord, help me protect my words, keep them in my mouth before they come out if they're not going to give grace to the ones that hear it. Proverbs 16, 24, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. They give life. Matthew 12, 36, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Um, we are going to be held accountable to this. And now just one last thing that I want to lead with you is I, I think that all of us can remember instances where someone said something to us that has given us life even to this day. Like it's been years ago, but one little word from somebody and, and you, I mean, it's just blazoned into your memory. And I think the same thing is true negatively. Um, I would love to hear some of those stories and I would love for you guys to share with one another some of those stories. If you feel comfortable, even with the negative ones, I know sometimes that can be words that maybe have come from your parents and, and you don't want to dishonor them in your interaction or dishonor somebody else. And, and that's okay if you don't want to share that. But um, I hope that we can realize though in that interaction and that sharing just how powerful words are. 
I mean, just the impact that we can have for people's life. You know, the, James talks about, I mean, it's like a little match that starts a whole forest ablaze, either for good or for life in people's lives. And so, and then let's, let's, let's agree with James and say, I don't want to start fires in people's life. I want to give life in what I say. So let's start honoring one another. Let's start encouraging one another. Let's, if you see something that somebody does where you're like, wow, that's awesome. Let them know. Tell them. Just start using your words to build up, to give uh, grace, to give them life in everything that you're experiencing. I'm telling you guys, it is so meaningful. It is so powerful. Please start doing that and let's encourage each other in this together.